You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 190 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we chat with Ashley Hebrick about MagnaWave PEMF therapy. The critter of the show is the squirrel. In Critter Nutrition, we share must-haves for your tack truck. And in Coffee Clatch, we ask, does your dog get table scraps? Join us. I'm Tigger. And I'm Patty. And I'm Coach Jen. Thanks for joining us here on Healthy Critters Radio. We've got the trio here this time. Yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. Yay. Everybody showed up. This is the part of the show where Jen gets to quiz Patty and Tigger <laughs> about something. Because, yes, they did yeah. show up, but no, they didn't have everything ready. So it's Correct. my Correct. turn. It's my turn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it, later in the show, we're going to chat a little bit about uh, must-haves for your tack trunk. Yes. But this time around, we're coming up on the Thanksgiving holiday. And for those of you who are outside of the United States, the Thanksgiving holiday is good for three things. Football, eating large amounts of food. And getting into arguments with your family that will last until after Christmas. That's what it's for. <laughs> so, Tigger. Yes. For the Thanksgiving holiday, do your non-human family members get any treats or special treatment? No. <laughs> and, and I say this because with love. Um, because neither do the humans. We really don't, you know, we don't do turkey. We don't do any of that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a day of Thanksgiving, but it's not food oriented. Well, gosh, you make me feel I'm like a schmuck. I'm all about the whole, you know, <laughs> gobble a lot of food down and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, some places have horse shows on Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, where do you fall on that? Oh, I'm I guessing do. that you're going to, you're going to go. Sure. Why not? Hmm. Me? Yeah. You. Yeah. Horse showing. Yeah. No. <laughs> Cause no. I know. Cause I don't care. what. Well, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Okay. Now, Patty, your question yeah. for you is what is the single food item that must always be consumed at your Thanksgiving table. Oh, hands down, uh, turkey with cranberries. Scott, so you're into no, the like turkey. The, Interesting. So it's the meat for you. Oh, big time. Yeah, okay. big time. There you go. And do your horses get uh, special Thanksgiving treats? No, they don't. Um, I don't want to be your horse. Do. I want treats. Damn it. Well, I give them. Here's the thing: they get they get treats every day. day. Yeah, I mean, they're just like, you know, yeah, every day for them is Thanksgiving. They get treats every day. They get their carrots. They get their snacks. I mean, every day they get snacks. So as my friend Terry says, they get snacks. They got to have snacks in your pocket. You got to give them snacks. 
they get snacks every day for just showing <laughs> for just breathing for, for, for just, just showing up. They get snacks. <laughs> yeah, just for yeah. Now I will tell you, I do give my I'll give my dogs a little bit of uh, the turkey. Um, not a lot. Tigger, plug I'll your ears. Plug of... your ears, Tigger. La 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 la. <laughs> well, that's, that's turkey, a conversation for later on. Be all about the meat. <laughs> She'll be all about the meat. There we go. Well, that's very interesting. So, if you have special treats that you give your non-human family members on Thanksgiving, we want to hear about it. Head on over to Facebook and type in Healthy Critters Radio. They have an official web Facebook page, by the way, and put it on there. And even better, put put a picture up there of said non-human family members eating. <laughs> said treats at Thanksgiving. We'd love to say uh, treats. Okay. Jennifer, I, love it. I would like to know, I would like to put the answer, the question to you. What is mm. your focus food on Thanksgiving? My focus food on Thanksgiving is dessert. Always oh. dessert. Of course. Yes. Okay. And may mm-hmm. I guess, uh, is it pumpkin pie? Pumpkin pie. The more I mean, pumpkin pie, the better. On. Well, wow, I just find it so revolting. <laughs> oh, you I love pumpkin pie. I do I not like, like pumpkin pie. Is there a, is there a kind of pie you do like, Tigger? Oh, yes. There are many that I like. And if you were to have a substitute pie on a random holiday that you do celebrate, what pie would it be? Oh, chocolate cream. Chocolate cream. Not what I would have guessed. I was going to choose it. I thought it might be a fruit pie, but a chocolate cream pie. Interesting. Uh-huh. Or coconut cream or banana cream. <laughs> Just it's give me the to, cream. It's hard. It's hard to pull off a coconut cream pie. Oh, uh, yeah. So if you have a really good coconut cream pie recipe, go over to Send Facebook. it to me. Let's go to Facebook. <laughs> put yeah. it on the Healthy Critters radio page because I want to hear it because I do love myself some pie. Yeah. We are here um, happily with Ashley Hebrank, and she's going to talk to us about MagnaWave PEMF therapy. Um, I want to tell you guys a little bit about Ashley. She has a company called All Equine Things. She has 30 years experience in horses, including as an owner, rider, working student, groom, farm manager, and vet tech. Um She's grown up in Pony Club, did 4-H, rode event horses, and um, she has a very holistic approach to health and wellness after years of experience in both the small animal and equine veterinary world. So she uses um, complementary therapeutic modalities, including PEMF, for peak health and performance. Um, you can find out more information um, on in our show notes on her website, allequinethings.com. So welcome, Ashley. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So I guess the first question is, what is PEMF? How did you get into this particular area of therapy? Uh, PEMF stands for Pulsed Electromagnetic Field. And um, I got into it, I, I saw it many, many years ago. It's been around for many years. But I saw it initially um, back in the day when I was at an equine vet tech and I knew some friends that were using it, but I wasn't 
really exposed to a lot, to it a lot from the from the practitioner standpoint at that time. And then fast forward many years to um, to where I am now. And now I use it. Um, I do a lot of work um, with people that are coming to compete at the Kentucky Horse Park because um, I live very close to that. And um, you know we've got a lot of horses in the Lexington area that benefit greatly from everything that PEMF has to offer. So it is a non-invasive drug-free therapeutic modality that is used to deliver beneficial electromagnetic energy to the body at the cellular level to refuel cells, induce the body's innate recycling system, and optimize natural biological processes so that the cells can function properly and efficiently What is it about this particular therapy? Now, you know, I, I go back to the days of Centurion and the old electromagnetic yeah. blanket, yeah. And, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I thought was a fantastic therapy, even though it was rather, you know, large and I want to say clumsy. Heavy. Yes. And cumbersome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cumbersome. Um, how does MagnaWave differ? So, MagnaWave, there are several. Um, uh, PEMF similar to the Centurion products that are that are currently available now in the form of blankets and leg wraps, um, and those are going to be uh, lower powered PEMF devices. And I want to just say that all any PEMF is good. There's no good or bad. Um, I think they both have their place. The uh, the MagnaWave products are a high powered device, so they penetrate the uh, the body tissues more than the lower power devices and therefore have better results. So I'm going to throw this over to Patty who actually has a MagnaWave. Ew. Well, so I, I got um, introduced in t- to it um, when I first moved to Texas back in 2013 and I had not known anything about it. And of course, like Tigger, you know, Tigger and I, our old school Florida people. And when things would come out, like the, the blankets, we were always exposed to it. I was very interested in magnets years ago. And so when I was first introduced to it, um, it was when they were doing, um, and I don't know what type of machine you have, Ashley, but you know, the, the larger ones that I think are called analog that you, you have to mm-hmm, you know pull. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but a lot of the, I was so fascinated by the science of it, but also um, the woman that was going around and it was a big, huge hit in mm-hmm. Texas, whether cutting horses or hunters, dressage, whatever. Um, and so I was fascinated by it then moved back to Virginia. This is just sort of an interesting thing, Tigger, and was not at all a thing and was not well received. Where in Texas, the vets are like, oh my gosh, find somebody who can magwave, make sure it's a practitioner that's gone through the certification, um, serve, you know, blah, 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 blah. And back in Virginia, the vets were a lot more reluctant about it. And then when I moved mm-hmm. back up to Fort Worth, that's when we bought our machine. Um, and I've had my own personal experience. I broke my foot when I first moved here. And after I knew that what type fracture and whatever, I used it to help um, increase the blood flow and take pain away um, with, for my foot. So I know, you know, firsthand that it's a, a big benefit. Um, so what are the bit like, so I, I mean, we could go on about this forever, but you know, one of the most recent things that I did is I had a horse with a, a, an abscess and had them, 
you know, stand on the box and the plate and ended up helping get the abscess to come through. Can you explain to everybody, because obviously you've, um, you've obviously probably done the, the magnet wave certification through the company, um, mm-hmm. but what is the number one um, thing that you find most beneficial in all the different modalities it has, but what are, what's the biggest thing that you find that people use it for? Well, I would say one of the, the major benefits of it is that it when you can apply the coils on the body. You don't necessarily, you may or may not know that you've got that abscess brewing or a particular injury somewhere in the body. Maybe it hasn't shown up yet outwardly. Um, you can put the, put the coils on to MagnaWave and the, the energy will find the cells that are damaged and it will trigger the, um, the body's recycling system that's, that's already installed. We all have that. It, the body already does it. But the energy goes in, finds the damaged cells, and helps the body to either repair those cells or get rid of them so that it can generate new cells that will work properly. So that's one of the major benefits because we've all been in situations where, you know, you can, you're watching a horse go and you can tell there's something not quite right, maybe behind. And the vet's been out and you've done the x-rays and you've done, you know, all sorts of various diagnostics, but it's still kind of questionable. It's still not quite right. And so sometimes the magnet can be used um, as a way to help the vet kind of identify where the situation is, is, is happening and <clears throat> what's, what's going on. And, and the higher powered machines, the MagnaWave devices, are high powered enough to where it is actually not only helping relieve pain, but it's also actually healing at the, at the cellular level. And so the machine itself is, or the energy itself is not healing. The machine is not healing, but it is giving the body the energy that it needs so that it can heal itself. Hattie, I'm going to step in here just just quickly and ask is, is the effect of the energy on nitric oxide production? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And minimization of the oxidative stress. And yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, Pat, Patty, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what, what it, it, that all ties in because basically what I was going to say in layman terms, what it really helps do is increase the blood flow. And, and the more you have oxygenated blood going through a horse's body or a dog or a cat or a person, obviously the body helps heal itself. And that's kind of one of the, biggest principles. I think that, you know, we have our own, um, we have our own machine and we use it, you know, once, once a week, just for therapy, just to basically help, like you were saying earlier, you know, just, you don't know what's going on in their body. They may have, you know, they may be a little tight through the right side of their pole or their neck or whatever, and you can address it and you can literally see sometimes that, you know, the horses start to, um, the muscles will tense up and then release and the horses start Mm -hmm. to chew and you'll, you'll see, you know, how they like it. Um, would you say, um, do you have, do you have clients that just have you, that you have them come out once a week or once every couple, like how, how is your business based off of what you're doing? Yeah. So I, I do kind of what it has to be kind of individualized what each horse needs. And that is dependent on so many factors, you know, what kind of work are they doing? Do they have any existing or old injuries? Um, sometimes confirmation can play into it. As far as, uh, you know, some confirmation flaws um, require um, some, some additional maintenance just from a, the way they are built makes them kind of sore. So 
I do whatever, whatever the horses need and kind of what their bodies tell me they need. Um, so I've got some horses that, that do maintenance once a week. I've got some that do um, twice a month or maybe once a month. I've got some that um, like to do, um, you know, once if they uh, once they get to the show venue, um, it can be great for um, helping kind of release the tension that they built up in the trailer on, the, you know, on the hall there or, yeah. you know, being in the stall or maybe they bumped a leg and he didn't have a swollen leg when I put him on the trailer, but now he does. <laughs> So it can be really great for, for that kind of stuff as well. So what that's actually, it? that leads into, oops, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to say this real quick because this is something important to know because there are, there are FEI approved MagnaWave therapies and there's some non FEI approved. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. So the FEI, uh, it is FEI legal. Um, but they do have some some restrictions. So not every machine is um, able to be used at, during events. So I have one of the um, FEI-approved machines. Um, it's small, so it's easy for me to transport around um, for one. And then secondly, the um, there you do need to get uh, approval from the presiding FEI vet in order to use it during com- once competition starts. But it's usually a, a pretty a pretty simple process. It's based on uh, the machine's um, energy output. There are restrictions um, in the FEI rules. So there's just a couple of um, MagnaWave has two machines, I believe that that are FEI approved. Right. Okay. Sorry, what, Tigger. What were you going to ask? Earlier? I was going to ask what um, what's a typical uh, charge for um, getting a MagnaWave treatment. Like a per session charge? A cost, yeah. Okay. Uh, it kind of varies depending on the area, I would say. Um, and I, oh. I've worked with several people that come to the to the horse park and, you know, they're from all over. And they'll say, you know, my local person charges me, you know, 50 bucks. And then, you know, you've got somebody that will say, um, how much do you charge? Oh, my person usually charges me, you know, 120 bucks. So there's there's quite a range that where it, it kind of depends on what area area you're in, how many practitioners are there, that sort of. Okay. Do you do anything with lasers or any other um, modalities, and can you compare them? Hmm. Um, I don't do lasers currently. I do have, uh, I do like the red light therapy, um, which can be mm-hmm. used in conjunction with the PEMF. Um, it, so obviously the, the red light therapy is using light energy versus the uh, electromagnetic energy. And I, it, uh, the red light doesn't penetrate quite as deeply. I, I like to use it for uh, kind of skin funk, skin conditions. It's good for wound healing or surgical incisions. Um, in cases where uh, you maybe don't, you, you do want to increase the circulation, but maybe you don't want to do it to the extent that MagnaWave um, would do it. Uh, there was a, for example, there was a horse that, who knows how it happened, but he um, had a severe uh, injury to his throat where he um, had a cut where the trachea and the jugular vein were uh, exposed. And the vets tried to suture it. The sutures wouldn't hold. And so because those structures were um, exposed, I, you know, I wouldn't want to magnawave that. I'd be, I don't want to rupture anything that doesn't mm-hmm. need to rupture at that point. So, um, so the red light therapy is, is really good in those sorts of situations. Um, 
the caveat with the red light therapy, obviously you have to know where to put the, where to put the light pad. Um, whereas with the MagnaWave, the MagnaWave penetrates deeper, it increases the circulation more, and you don't necessarily need to know the specific localized area that you're working with. It's going to um, penetrate into the body 16 inches or so, and so it's, it's going to cover a larger surface area. How long is the treatment time? Um, it depends. Uh, when I do a full body, um, like a maintenance full body, not at the show, that can take, I'd say it takes anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. Okay. Um, the sessions at the shows um, are a bit shorter because I want the horses to um, to feel their best, to be as, you know, as loose and limber and supple as possible, but I don't want to induce um, a detox situation in their body where they're going to um, experience some horses will experience kind of a situation where they feel a little worse before they feel really Uh good and so I don't want to induce that at the show I just want them to have just enough you know energy to get get rid of some soreness and tension so they can feel their best and work their best perform would would you do a session before they go to the ring or after they come back from the ring or both um, I try to space the sessions out at the shows. I've tried to put about 24 hours in between. Um, okay. If you were just going to do a quickie, you probably could do a quick 10 minute on a very low setting and be just fine doing that. But I think that it, it kind of depends on the horse. Some horse, you can work them um, right after a session. Some horses get really energized after their sessions and some mm-hmm. get real sleepy. <laughs> so if, if you, you know, so you, you would want to kind of test that out before you go to the show, um, magnet waving for the first time at, uh, during the competition is not really advised just because you don't really know, is he going to be energized? Is he going to want to go to sleep? Right. <laughs> um, and you need to kind of monitor the, uh, the hydration levels and, you know, be prepared to possibly, um, give some extra electrolytes if they look like they're getting kind of puny, but, um, that would usually only happen if you've done a longer session and induced the, the detox. Do you find that they pee more afterwards? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, they sure do. I I've actually had a um I have one horse that I have to magnawave him after I ride him because he gets too amped up. It, <laughs> it gets him it gets him kind of, you know, a little bit more um I don't want to say re- reactive. So we always, we always do him afterwards. And another thing that I think should be noted too, is that um, when you're doing, this is for listeners who've who've decided, they're like, oh, great. Now we're going to get into this. If you've had a horse that's had any injections or shots or whatever, it is recommended that you wait the minimum of three days before you go in and MagnaWave. And that's sometimes hard to remember because we MagnaWave on Mondays. And sometimes, um, you know, uh, if you get, you know, your fall shots or they've had injections or whatever. You just, you want to wait a couple of days before you magnawave them. Yeah. And just to, uh, to add on to that, if the horse is on any or any animal is on any sort of medication, um, the magnawave will, um, increase the, um, metabolism of the meds. So it's important to try to time the PEMF session, um, so that you're kind of like towards the end, you know, like if you're going to give the medication, you would want to do the session a little before because you know you're going to need to give it again anyway. Does that make sense? So you've just got to time it a little bit and make sure that um, 
that you're timing it as best you can. And then also there's a couple of situations um, where you would not want a magna wave um, while the horse is medicated, like in situations with um, CPM medications or heartworm meds, you would want to wait until they're done with, with that treatment before you magna wave them. Yeah. I think the recommendation is a week after the last dose has been given. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Can you, yeah. can you magna wave dogs? Yeah. Okay. I've been, uh, I do dogs, uh, all the time. I've had a lot of allergy, um, dogs this year, um, which has, it's been really beneficial with that. So. How about for things like, um, you know, uh, cruciate ligaments and, you know, mm-hmm. that seems to be epidemic. Yeah. Yeah, it, it works great for, for soft tissue injuries, for sure. Um, you, the, you know, the tricky part with that is minimizing their activity level <laughs> because yeah. when they start to feel yeah. good, <laughs> difficult. Especially if you have an Aussie. Yes, I have two Aussies, so I am familiar with that struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually, they- a, a real... A real, uh, what really pushed me over the edge to get my own machine was my beloved Aussie, for whatever silly reason, decided to eat a whole bunch of hay when we were at the barn one day. And long story short, it, it required a uh, emergency vet visit. And um, they sent him home with me after they had uh, induced vomiting and he got rid of as much as he could. And then um, he hadn't, uh, he hadn't pooped in about 36 hours. So I was concerned about that. And, um, I thought, well, a last ditch effort before I take you back to the emergency clinic, I'll just try to magna wave and see if it helps. And I just did it for, you know, 15 minutes and he got up off the couch and went right outside and did it. So, um, wow. that was, I was like, yes, I need to have this on hand for any of these strange situations that are always unplanned with animals. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, that's a great testimonial for dog owners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how much training, you know, if a, one of our listeners is listening in going, boy, this would be a great thing for me to have at my barn. Mm-hmm. Um, do they need to become certified first? Um, it comes with the certification comes with the purchase of a machine uh, through MagnaWave. I'm not sure how any of the other companies run that, but MagnaWave um offers them the uh, certification at the time that you purchase a machine. And the certification is the training. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Then you can compete, you can complete it at your own pace. Mm -hmm. Um, Ashley, is there anything else you would like our listeners to know about this really important therapeutic equipment? Well, I think the, um, I think like letting them know, you know, how would I use this in everyday life? I think that's always important when somebody's um, deciding whether or not they want to use a, a modality or buy their own machine. And I think that, you know, there's a, there's a long list of um, conditions that PMF is known to improve and I think that it's worth noting that um, the the outward signs that we can see the uh, the relaxation, the increased range of motion, you can feel when you sit on the horse how they feel. 
I think it's worth just pointing out that those are kind of secondary to, to what's actually going on below the surface at the cellular level. And I just can't highlight enough how helpful it is that it can induce the the body's recycling system for cells because you know so much of the of the illnesses and disease that we see in animals and humans are you know the direct result of um, insufficient cell function yes. really at the at the root of it so um, I think that's really the the thing I'd like to highlight most. Well, this has been fascinating. Um, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on Healthy Critters. And her website is allequinethings.com. So feel free to go to her website or contact her uh, if you want to learn more about PEMF therapy. Hello. Buddy. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Hello. Um, Everybody's here today, Hetty. Yeah, oh my we God, got the whole group. Party. A party is my favorite. <laughs> so we just um did an interview uh with a uh MagnaWave PEMF therapist. Mm-hmm. So it got us thinking. What kinds of therapy would you like to have? Psychiatric. (laughs) That that was my first choice, but I didn't want to say anything. But not for me. Oh, for the servant? For the servant. Ah, but how about therapy for you? What kind of modality would be helpful in your old age? First of all, if you call me old again, I will end you like the period at the end of a sentence. Secondly, (laughs) I think it's important to remember that I enjoy chiropractics. My right front foot sometimes gets not so well to stand on, and my human will adjust my neck, and that releases my shoulder, and then my right front foot is fine. Also, Uh, that's the foot that was trodden upon by a stupid equine that should have been ended right then, but wasn't. So no laser therapy for you? No, thank you. No, no I have my ultrasound. Oh, no. Ultrasound. I have my therapeutic ultrasound, which is also sometimes a nice thing. I enjoy that. And I have a back on track that I wear. It's plum colored. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So you do have a variety of, of modalities at your disposal. Oh, yes. I mean, even in my dire straits here, things are, you know, I have a minimum standard of care. If you could add one more modality or a thing of comfort, what would you add? That your servant, besides cheese, that your servant is not providing? Cheese. Oh, uh, not cheese. Um, I like a heating pad. I like to lie on a nice warm pad put inside a pillowcase or under a nice pad, and then I can rest my bones upon it. Um, I like that, too. (laughs) Right there with you. (laughs) Especially when it's winter. Yes, which it is now. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Winter. Mm -hmm. 
Well, thanks, Hetty. Um, You're welcome. For all our listeners, it's the podcast world only talking Pomeranian. Correct. And her name is Hedwig. We're always pleased to have her on the show. It is an honor for you. Goodbye. Goodbye. It's an honor for me. It's an honor for me. (laughs) Not that it's an honor for her. Oh, my God. That's Hedwig. And Hedwig has a Facebook page. Ask Hedwig. Yes. That's right. So we are at the critter of the show portion of our program today, and I have chosen to do squirrels mainly because we got rain and all of a sudden they came out from the woodwork, no pun intended. So um, squirrels are, that most people are very familiar with, squirrels are members of the Scyridae family, potentially could have booked it up and offered to us how to say it better which is a family that includes small to medium-sized rodents. The squirrel family includes three, uh, three different types, of, many different types of squirrels. Some are uh, ground squirrels, chipmunks, prairie dogs, and even flying squirrels. So I base this off just the general topic of squirrels because we've had um, such an influx of them re- recently. Um, they can be found anywhere in the Americas and even all the way down to Africa. Um, interestingly enough, they were introduced by humans to Australia. Thought that was kind of a cool fact. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Squirrels typically have uh, very slender bodies with long, bushy, cute tails and very large eyes. In general, they're very soft and silky. Um, Some are much thicker than other species, but the coat color of the squirrel is highly variable, variable in between the different types of species. For instance, there's a gray squirrel and the red squirrel. In most squirrels, the hind limbs are longer than the front limbs, and they have four to five toes. Um, on each foot, they have a poorly designed thumb and have soft pads on the underside and have very ver- versatile claws for grasping and climbing. I don't understand the point about the, the not very useful thumb, but that's what it, that's what it said. Um, <laughs> squirrels, this is, this is really interesting. Squirrels live in many different types of climates, ranging from rainforest to desert. thought that was kind of cool. They're predominantly herbivores. They eat mainly seeds and nuts, but will eat insects and small vertebrates if they food is scarce. Um, squirrels apparently cannot digest cellulose, so they must rely on foods that are rich in protein, i.e. Uh, and carbohydrates and fats. That's hence they eat mainly nuts and seeds. And they will supplement on green vegetation if the food sources are scarce. scarce. They have beautiful large eyes that indicate they have a very excellent sense of vision, which is important for tree-dwelling types of species. They also have a very good sense of touch. Unfortunately, a lot of the juvenile squirrels do not make it. They die in the first year. Premature death mainly occurs when the nest falls from the tree, um, which in that case, the mother tends to abandon their young. But we're going to come back to that. Um, The squirrel's tail is not only puffy and cute, but also has many purposes. Some uh, of these purposes are keeps the rain off of them from when it's raining. They also shelter from the wind and cold. 
They also use their tail for a counterbalance when they're jumping from tree to tree, and it can be used as a parachute, i.e. flying squirrels, which is a whole other species to get into. The squirrel lifespan is between 15 to 18 years. On average, um, uh, the gestation is anywhere, um, gestation of them is anywhere from 33 up to 44 days. Squirrels will mate either once or twice a year. Um, the gestation period is anywhere from three to six weeks, it's just depending on the species, and they will give birth to a number of offspring. Okay, this is my next word that I'm going to try to say well. The young are al- oh, girls, I'm going to try my best, altricia, altricial, which basically means they're born naked, uh, toothless, and blind. Um, wow. Female tends to the young um, until they are weaned, which is anywhere from six to ten weeks. Okay, here's the thing that blows me away. They become sexually mature before the end of their first year. I mean, I and they're, so they're basically having babies before they're done being babies. Um, squirrels are known to be very intelligent. Um, there has been, um, there's a lot of links to um, squirrels uh, doing um, during hot periods have been docu- documented to sploot, which is laying on their stomachs to cool down on surfaces. So if you look up squirrels, you'll see them like up against a tree and they do the same thing when it gets cold. But I thought the word sploot was cute when you think of a squirrel and their fluffy tail. Um, Like other rodents, they employ um, species specific strategies to store food. They are smart to buffer against times when food is scarce. So basically they know how to pack it away. Um, The biggest threat to um, squirrels are going to be snakes and coyotes, bobcats, foxes, and hawks. Um, so getting back to the... And Australian um, shepherds. And Australian shepherds, when they can catch him, and um, Sheba, you know, you probably don't remember that story, Tigger, <clears throat> but the squirrel that was in our basement um, in, in Virginia. Anyway, um, but I've known several people that ended up having pet squirrels or had saved a squirrel and had it in their house. And this is what I thought was so interesting and a perfect thing to end on is they're known to be very intelligent. And when they have been saved and reintroduced back into the wild in research, it has shown that squirrels tend to be very friendly. And even though they're wild, apparently highly intelligent and remember they're humans and in many cases have come back to reconnect with them because they want to like come back and see wow. their favorite. Wow. Isn't that cool? That is really cool. I wonder if they like cheese. Cheese? <laughs> yes. I don't know. I wonder if they like Pomeranians. But I don't know <laughs> if you know this, but um, uh, Parker had a, um, this is my son-in-law, had a pet squirrel years ago and reintroduced him. But man, it was, that thing was so neat. He would just climb up on him. And, and he was, and I think this was, I think he had had more than one, but it was because the nest had been, um, had fallen from the tree and he rescued the squirrel and it had a happy ending because he was reintroduced back into um, the wild. Kind of a cool story. (laughs) Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. 
Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. And now we're at Critter Nutrition. Topic today is must-haves in your tack trunk. When I was <clears throat> competing, my show trunk held the, the usual necessities. Extra saddle pads, a spare halter, extra girth, assorted bits, clippers, polo wraps, bell boots, tack cleaner, animal index, poultice, and standing wraps. On the top shelf, I kept various wound creams like Furazone, Corona, Ichthamol, and a jar of SWAT. Always had a few tubes of omeprazole too, as my horse Lionheart was notoriously ulcer sensitive. Back in those days, I always kept a box of Domino sugar cubes in my trunk, which I'm horrified today to think about, with a thermometer, hoof pick, jar of SMZs, extra gloves, and duct tape. If I were competing now, I would have four other items in my tag trunk. Triguard, Elixir, Remedium Naughty, and Zenmax, some of Biostar's most popular paste syringes. Trigard is an alternative to the ulcer medications designed for preventative use. It is not a proton pump inhibitor like omeprazole. It doesn't stop the important stomach acids from functioning, nor does it cause the rebound effect of omeprazole. Trigard is based on a study done by Haggard Equine on ulcers mitigated by pectin and mushroom polysaccharides. Trigard provides premium-grade apple pectin used in hospitals for wound care, along with sunflower lecithin, lion's mane mushrooms, and sea buckthorn to protect and support strong intestinal mucosa, plus probiotic soil-based organisms to encourage microbiome balance. Trigard has become very popular with show hunters who are on the road and competing a lot and don't want to constantly give omeprazole. Dressage trainer Jim Coford uses Trigard when he competes because he finds his horses less stressed in his stall and more likely to eat and relax happily at a show when given Trigard. The next paste is Elixir. Elixir is a recovery formula and it helps with rehydration. This is particularly important when horses are stressed and may not drink enough water to keep hydrated or during a sudden weather change. When I formulated Elixir, I had no idea that it could also help to relieve mild colic, failure to thrive syndrome in foals and horses, and lethargy with discomfort. Elixir contains shilajit, an Ayurvedic bioresin that helps regulate and support the mitochondria and cells, which provide the energy for cellular function and all biological processes. 
Dressage trainer and rider Allison Cady has had a lot of success with Elixir. She tells us she uses it for mild colics. Once with a mare struggling to produce enough milk for her day-old foal, both mare and foal dramatically improve within two hours of being given Elixir. She also uses the pace during competitions with her performance horses to help them bounce back quickly. Recently, one of her mares had a reaction to a flu shot and was showing lethargy and discomfort. Allison gave the mare elixir, and a short time later, the mare was back to being herself. Allison's vet has been so impressed with elixir that he now carries it in his truck for mild colics, scours in foals, and lethargy in horses. Beth Hayes from the Horse of Course Tax Shop reported that at the recent USDF Region 1 Dressage Finals in Lexington, Virginia, October 2023, a rider was hand-walking her horse because the horse had started to colic. Every time the rider stopped, the horse began pawing. The rider had called the vet and, while waiting, gave the, tube, gave the horse a tube of elixir that one of Beth's employees had grabbed. Within 15 minutes, the horse was relaxed and showing no colic signs. The vet came said the horse was fine, and the rider ended up returning to the horse, of course, to purchase more tubes of elixir. Some horse owners use elixir during weather changes to increase hydration and reduce the possibility of weather-related impaction or gas colic. I wish I'd had elixir with my horse Lionheart colicked one year at dressage at Devon. Fortunately, with hand walking, the gas colic resolved, but giving him elixir would have no doubt made him more comfortable sooner. Remedium Nadi is an Ayurvedic and traditional Chinese medicine formula backed by modern scientific research, supports a healthy inflammatory process in horses. It helps with muscle recovery and body balancing through a blend of patented extracts from India, France, Switzerland, and Italy, plus traditionally grown and harvested medicinal mushrooms from China. Because Remedium Nadi is Eastern medicine-based, the ingredients help the whole horse, not just specific symptoms. Some horses need muscle support after a day of showing, or they may be feeling the effects of the particular footing in the rings, or are simply older and get a little stiff. Remedium Nadi helps maintain inflammation at a normal level, thus improving recovery time and well-being. An added benefit of Remedium Nadi is the inclusion of holy basil, one of the most revered plants in Ayurveda. As we all know, competitions are stressful for both horse and rider, and Tulsi addresses the effects of stress on the body system at large. Popular with jumpers, show hunters, and ponies, Remedium Nadi, known around the barns as REM, has proven to support comfort and performance. Some riders give Remedium Nadi at night after a class, while others give it one to three hours before a class. The last pace is Zen Max. In Ayurvedic medicine, adaptogens are substances that help the body adapt to stress, support the adrenal glands, balance cortisol, and encourage a healthy response to physical and mental stresses. While there are many equine calming pace available, Biostar Zenmax is unique <clears throat> in that it provides the adaptogenic plant or peen rose along with dual extracted reishi mushrooms. Zenmax supports the brain gut connection, 
which is the foundation for health and well-being. As we know, stress has a direct effect on the gut microbiome. In turn, the gut microbiome has a direct effect on the brain. For example, the GI tract produces 90% of the body's serotonin, a neurotransmitter responsible for mediating satisfaction, happiness, well-being, and optimism. Therefore, support of the intestinal microbiome is crucial for optimal mental health. That's why this paste has been used across the equestrian world in various disciplines to support horses under stress from competition, from trailering off property, surgical procedures, layups, moving to a new barn, and for helping the horse during training sessions. Whether you compete your horse or prefer to stay home and ride, having Biostar Pace in your tack trunk can provide a little bit of security to support your horse quickly and effectively. All of our Pace are show safe. Now we're at Coffee Clatch, and the question of the day is, does your dog get table scraps? Patty? I mean, you know they do. They're so cute. <laughs> I don't, I will say this. I don't do a lot because my Aussies who are, um, they go to work um, with me every single day. I mean, they, they are Perucci dressage. It's, it's me. Well, I'm underneath them. Um, I work for them. Um, but they, they, <laughs> they encounter a lot of different people. And initially I was never a very big, I, I don't like to, to give table scraps at the table because I feel like that makes them beg. And then I realized that um, even though I hadn't done that, they were already begging. So I thought, what the heck? And when I go to the barn, there are a lot of people that will eat and, they'll, and, they all, and everybody always asks permission. Now, having said that, I'm very careful about what they get and I don't give them a lot of extra stuff. I try to keep it kind of whole food. Um, Driven. baseline like meat and whatever but um so the, the basic answer is yes <laughs> they do <laughs> yeah jennifer did, did your greyhounds get table scraps absolutely not okay no the um our first two greyhounds were pretty rugged the third one we had had an extremely sensitive stomach so she had a very strict right. diet but i we our our dogs got all kinds of table foods growing up as kids, but when I started getting my own animals as an adult, table scraps were an absolute no no. Not that I I didn't mind them having human food, but it was never a case of a table scrap. So if we had some leftover something from a meal, it went with their kibble in their bowl, right at meal time. Yeah. Um, because you know who doesn't who doesn't love a leftover hot dog or something but it was it was yeah i'm i'm very much no you do not feed the dog from the couch from the table because yeah a begging dog yeah that's almost as bad as a begging horse yeah yeah Mm. um i i don't feed table scraps from the table um and my dogs are half of them are raw and half of them are home cooked. Um, I don't let them lick plates. However, I have this seven month old 
Aussie puppy who has this pension and if it is sitting comfortably on the uh, TV tray and I get up from the couch and go to the bathroom, I will find it freaking out of my car. And the first time it happened, I thought, oh my God, he's going to die. And I was totally and completely freaked out. But I can report that milk chocolate doesn't seem to be deadly to this particular dog. Um, Fortunately, the the others have not taken up uh, after his uh, penchant for chocolate milk. Um, But I, I think where we've gone wrong in dog feeding is that we're not giving dogs, you know, human food with their kibble or with their meals. I, I think that's important. And certainly our grandparents, you know, fed table scraps into the dog's bowl as a matter of course. So I, I just want to be clear that I am all for table scraps, but I don't want the dogs waiting at the dinner table for them. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement on that one. Yeah. yeah. We are, even though my parents trained me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's universal as well. <laughs> so where where do you stand on feeding your dog table scraps if you don't do it fine or... If you feel guilty, don't feel guilty. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. For details about today's show, go to healthycrittersradio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Uh-huh.